So Matthew chapter 4, we'll look at verses 1 through 11 again. This is right after Jesus was baptized. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of, a, of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now last week we talked about some of these things, and we even looked at the first temptation. And I just want to do just a quick review of that, because we're going to look at the other temptations as well. You know, this temptation, if you are the Son of God, in other words, prove yourself, you know, it's kind of a, a temptation of pride, command these stones, become bread, and then also there's that temptation to use your power selfishly, but Jesus had this power from God, and it was not to be used selfishly. It was not to be done to just please himself, and he was supposed to trust in God, right? So, let's see, um... All the temptations really uh, stress to us the importance of God's Word and knowing God's Word to be able to resist these temptations because we're going to have temptations in our life as well. And then there also uh, we talked about this temptation that Jesus could have persuaded everybody to follow him just by making food for him, right? He could just open the heavenly diner and just make bread and food and have everybody come out and follow God that way. But that is not God's plan, right? But we see, we see that as an issue in John chapter 6, where people actually were following Jesus just because he had given them food, right? So it, it would be a temptation that would appear to be out of love, but in the end, it would not lead people to salvation, just like the manna in the wilderness did not lead them to salvation. They, that generation still died in the wilderness. So something to be aware of and something that we'll probably mention some more, or I will, as we go through this. Now... We're ready for the second temptation. Now, the second temptation, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the pinnacle, from the top of the temple. So, what is this temptation? And there's a lot of varied answers you could give. Just show proof of who you really are. Show proof of who you are, right? Again, it's kind of that pride thing saying, yeah, prove it. If you are, prove it, right? Yeah. If you are whatever, you could say any number of things, prove it. And it's kind of it's kind of pulling at that string of pride. And then did you have something, Matt? Well, just trying to think about how that would appeal to Jesus. 
of course, he he is God. He's the Son of God. He's, he's God with us on earth, and he's trying to convince people of that, right? Right. <laughs> and so this is maybe a shortcut of that. Like just well, just like do this crazy miracle thing, and people will. That's right. All of these two are a temptation to take a shortcut and not follow God's plan, right? Take an easier way. If you are the son of God, then take the easy way. Do it this way, right? So there is that. There is that temptation. I wasn't going to mention that till later, but actually that, that suits all of these if you think about it. Yes. The first two, he starts with F. Yeah. The first two, he, he does this. And we know from James 2 Well, that's that's another thought. He knows who Jesus is, right? Otherwise, why this special attention to Jesus? He knows who Jesus is. So that's another reason he says, if you are, and he's saying, you know, again, it's that prove it thing. Yeah, prove it if you are, really. You know, and he just wants him to, to break uh, God's plan. Basically, he wants him to sin and, and give in to that. That would, that would mess things up. Jesus wouldn't be perfect if he acted in an imperfect way, right? Did anybody else have anything? I thought I saw, yes. Yeah, I was always just curious why he used the word if and phrased it that way. He knew who Jesus was. He was created by him, by God. He was there in the beginning, worshiped Father and him, cast out. He knows who he is. I just was always curious why he used the phrase if. Right. Now, we could we could say, and I don't know for sure because, you know, it doesn't clearly define that. We could say that maybe he didn't know, but I really think, like we're talking about, I really think he was doing that as a as a trick, again, as that deceiver to, to pull Jesus into making a mistake, to tempt him and, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, uh, I think, Matt, we'll, we'll come around. Go ahead. I mean, I agree with what you said that. The, the devil knows it's it's just a ploy. It's, it's just a ploy. It's, it's, it's just a trick. Yes. Cry to the extent that Jesus is not going to fall for it, but that's the idea. It's like, oh, well, if you really are do, if you're really that, then do this. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm that, but he doesn't fall for it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Pat. The scripture says that the devil believes and trembles. So he believes. Yes, the demons, even the demons, know and tremble. So Satan knows, right? And he's afraid. Did you have something yeah. to? Oh. Satan comes before God. In the beginning of the book of Job, yes, Satan comes before God, right. And he, God questions him and says, well, where have you been? What have you been up to? Kind of thing. Um, yeah. Maybe some kind of accounting. Uh, I don't know. God asks him what he's been up to, and he's been roaming around, right? I think he says he's been going to and fro. And, he knows who God is. You know, he, he does know who God is. And if you remember in Revelation, we see him lose that spot as the accuser. Here he is in heaven. He's able to accuse people like he's accusing Job, if you remember. He's accusing Job, saying, well, he only does it because you're good to him. He only does it because of all the things you do for him. He doesn't really worship you out of his heart, his love. Yes. 
Well, that's what I equate it to. I equate that to two kids on the on the play on the playground. My daddy's bigger than yours, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> or my daddy could whoop your daddy. We'll prove it, you know. <laughs> it's that kind of that kind of thing in a way. Did you have something, Addy? Also, I was just gonna say, Satan started his tricks way back in with Adam and Eve. I mean, this was yes. nothing new for him to say. You're not going to die. You're not going to do this yep. and so on and so forth. Yeah, Satan had a lot of things up his sleeve that he can use, and he thought Jesus would fall for something like that. Right. Well, Satan is, like you said, he started out a long time ago, right? And he he tricked Adam and Eve and Jesus is going through that same test in, a, in his own way. Okay, he's got to pass that same test that Adam and Eve failed. And, and I keep saying Adam and Eve, because if you'll notice, Eve is the one that really spoke. I didn't see that Adam really did anything except hang out and get in trouble. So I'm just, just going to say that's the way it was. I mean, you'll notice that Eve is the one that spoke, and at first she was right, but then she still went wrong, and then Adam followed that. So here he's trying to tempts Jesus in a similar way with these temptations. Now, there's another part of this, you know, if you are prove it, jumping down off the uh, the top of the temple like that, right? It's an act of presumption, putting yourself into a precarious and dangerous situation saying, God's got me, so I'm going to act foolishly and stupidly, right? Now, Jesus is not going to do that, but I'm just saying there is also that thought or idea behind that. We should always try to act as best we can within the knowledge we have and act properly so that we don't put ourselves in bad situations like that instead of doing that. Um, then there's also, it, it, it's kind of that testing of God, you know, that he's told, we're told not to test God. Um, Let's see. And again, that goes back to him not using his powers in a showy, vain way just for attention. Because who's, who's going to get glory? If he comes running and jumps off the top of the temple, he is. Everybody's going to go, whoa, did you see that dude? He jumped off the top. And it, it brings attention to the wrong thing, draws attention to himself and not God. Jesus is always trying to promote God, similar to the way John the Baptist is promoting Jesus, was promoting Jesus, right? Yes. Well, also, he says, you know, these I will give you, I mean, all the kingdoms of the world, to a lot of people and a lot of things, that is real power. Right. I that, mean, the power that every human wants. Yes, he that temptation. If he had that power, he was just waiting to get back to it. Right. That that temptation, yeah, that too is a, is a big deal, and that, that idea of having everything. Now, does Satan... Quote scripture here with this second temptation. Yes, right? He's quoting Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. Um, you can look that up, but it's, uh, let me see here. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. Hold on. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So that's Satan quoting that, saying, hey, it's perfectly okay for you to do this. See, it's it's in the Bible. It's okay. But, you know, Jesus knows better. So, let's see. Um, what verse does Jesus quote, though? Does anybody know that right off? Yes, Matt. Deuteronomy 
Yep, Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. And you can look up that event that happened, um, oh, I think that was in Exodus, but anyway, the children of Israel were just really testing God in a way that they shouldn't. So, so that's, that's one thing. Now, again, like we were talking about a minute ago, this is a quick and easy route. It, rather than following God's plan, this is a quick and easy route, a way to be a famous person performing miracles. Yes, Rachel? Um, I think Jesus had a really perfect sense of God's timing on everything as well. Yes. If you notice, he hasn't even started his ministry yet. He was even reluctant to do that first miracle at the wedding feast because right. he didn't want people to know who he was just yet. Right, and he says it. He says it's... Nice time for that, right? Exactly. So, so yeah. So, so if he had actually fallen for this, any of these temptations, you know, he would have, word would have gotten out way before he needed it to. Right. So Jesus is following God's plan, his timing, right? He's not, he's not going to do something to go against God's plan or timing. And all of these things would have been before he's really started his ministry. So we don't, you know, he didn't want to do any of that. Uh, and plus, again, he didn't want to draw attention to himself. And um, if you'll notice, too, all the miracles in the Old Testament, they never produce salvation. It's people's belief in God, right? And coming to God that really produces long-lasting salvation. Pat? Sometimes we have something facing us, we know that the Lord is righteous, and we can kind of prepare ourselves for it. Jesus did just that. Right, so Jesus is preparing himself. He's going through this test, which he's supposed to do, right? But but this is part of that preparation. He's preparing himself. He needs to go through these temptations and win out over these temptations. Because as we're going to see, this isn't the end of temptation in Jesus' life. This is just the beginning, in a way. He's probably had temptation that we don't know of before this point, but I'm just going to say that from what we see, there is more temptation to come for him. Now, if we do look at the third temptation, all these things, kingdoms of the world, I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, here again, there's a lot of different plays on different temptations that you can see here. So... What would be one temptation out of this? Because Addie's already told us, I mean, this is like, you know, somebody wanting everything in the world. That's a temptation, right? Yes, Pat? Well, Jesus came to become king of kings and lord of lords. Yep. So part of his goal was for the nations, you know, fulfill the promise to Abraham, right? All the nations to come to himself. And there's a sense in which the devil's playing on that. Like, hey, here's a shortcut again to that. But that's not how it works. That's right. That's not how any of this works, but that's what Satan is doing. He's trying to tempt Jesus again to take a shortcut, take an easy way out. Come on, I'll just give it all to you. You don't have to do God's plan. You don't have to do that. You don't have to die on the cross. Here, here's everything. I'll just give it to you. Now, I don't believe he was being very honest because I tend, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, I tend to believe, like Gandalf says of uh, Sauron, there's only one Lord of the Ring, right? He's not going to share power. Well, I think Satan's the same way. He wants to trick us into doing things. He wanted to trick Jesus into doing this. 
so that he would be owing to him, right? He would worship Satan. That's what he did with Adam and Eve, if you look back on that. That's what happened there. Yes, Pat? Oh, yeah. Jesus knew who, Christ knew who Satan was, definitely. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. That's not, um, I don't think, I don't think that's ever in doubt. But, um, so that, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Satan just continues to equate himself with God. He is not God at all. He is not in a position of deity or power to grant any of these things. And he knows enough of the word to twist it up and use it in an in a evil way, in a bad way. And he's very arrogant to even... And, and, and bring up these things. Right, and say, Satan is arrogant, but he's also trying to put himself in the place of God, right? Just like you're saying, he wants to promote himself as God as if he could actually give these things to Jesus anyway, because he really can't. If you think about it, the Bible already says everything is God's, period, end of story, everything, the world, the fullness thereof, all that. Right. That's another thing. It says to test the spirits and not God. Yes, Matt? Certainly all that's true, but it's also true that uh, Paul in Second Corinthians 4, 4, he says, in, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. So he's referring to Satan there. Yes. As the God of this world, obviously, he's not God, but, but there's a sense in which the nations... Are following him, and and so there's a loyalty, there's a kingship there, maybe even an idolatry, right? Yeah. So uh, that means all undone, right? That's that's God's plan, and so I think that's part of what he's appealing to is to the to the sense that Satan is in charge of because he's got people following him. I'll I'll just let that go. <laughs> yeah, Satan. Satan is. Like like he's saying, Satan is called the god of this world because he does lead people to worship and follow him to keep them away from God, right? I mean, that's the idea. So, so he is considered that in that way. And we, you know, we kind of look at that as that, that schism. That's where he's been demoted, right? Again, if we go back to that in Revelation, he's been demoted out. He can't even be that accuser in front of God anymore, but he still is stirring up <clears throat> spiritual principalities and powers against us, right? And against the Lord. So he's still the God of this world, and unfortunately he has blinded a lot of people's eyes, and they, they don't believe or see God in Jesus. So, okay, so what, let's see. Dun, 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 dun. So, you know, we want to make sure that, like Jesus, we're placing the importance on heavenly things and not on these temporary earthly things, right? Even if Satan could, say, give him everything in the world, what would that really mean in the end? If you had everything in the world, what would that mean in the end? It would mean nothing. It would be worthless without God because you would be losing your eternal soul. Thus, that, that scripture we know, you know, what would you give for your eternal soul? Yes. All is vanity, right. That's like Solomon. Yeah. Yes. When we break down each of these temptations, we see how foolish they are. 
How did that even appeal to Jesus? Well, we kind of made a case of why it's appealed to Jesus, but of course, Jesus isn't going to fall for that because it's right. stupid. Right, and we're not trying to, okay, so I'm not trying to make less of Jesus in any way. I don't even know if he was truly tempted by these things because he's Jesus. He was perfect. He's not me. Me, I would definitely be tempted, okay? This would happen. I'd get me, get me a few hours hungry, and yeah, I would be making stones into bread. I would be eating. Yes. The point I was going for with that is that really all of the temptations we face are equally stupid. And dumb, but well, we, we get deceived in the moment. But if we were to like write it down and think about it, analyze it, like we are here, like, well, that's dumb, that'll separate me from God, that's a bad deal. But yes, that's, that's how it is. But we, we fall for it again. That, yeah, that's right. That this is these are very good examples for us. It shows how dumb these temptations are, and how if we, when we're tempted, if we would back away and take the time to really look at them, we would agree that they're. They're dumb. They're not good. It's not good choices. It's not good ideas. It separates us from God. It takes us out of where we want to be spiritually. So, let's see. Um, so, what verse does Jesus use here? There's actually probably a couple of options you might have, but I, I was going to pick this one. Does anybody have a preference? So, I was looking at Deuteronomy 6 again because... Jesus was quoting from the old law, uh, chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. And there's some other examples you could use. Yes, Pat? Uh, James 4, 7 says to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Yes, James, James says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's what, that's what Jesus is doing here, right? Though in the end, Jesus actually tells him, hey, away with you, get out of here. But, yeah. Right, notice that Jesus is using, again, this is why the Bible, knowing the Bible is so important. He's using the Bible. Now, he's not doing the chapter and verse thing that, that we tend to do, that people tend to do. But he's using the Word of God. He knows it. He's read it. He understands it. He is it. So, I mean, that's, he's going to use that. Yes. It's interesting in thinking how Satan has led folks away from the Lord because he sort of has charge of the world and those who are, he wants to keep them from the Lord. Right. um, He does want to keep people from the Lord, though. Yes. Oh, boy. I lost my point. Okay. That's all right. We can come back to it. But, uh, so... So what's being stressed in this example? If we take nothing else away, worship God only, right? Worship God alone. So, you know, nothing else in this society or on this planet, even though God's made us a wonderful place, and I know it has some issues, but nothing else is worthy of our worship and adoration. Pat? Is that the first commandment? That that probably is. I you know I I don't have them memorized like that. So <laughs> I know you're not supposed to. Is that the first commandment? Oh, okay. Is the first commandment? Is that not the first commandment to worship the God, your the Lord your God and Him alone? Right. So okay. So. 
Okay, go ahead. I thought was that people out in the world who say has, they're always saying, don't quote Bible movie, don't quote scripture, and I don't want to hear it. Some people don't want to hear the Bible or scripture. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It is powerful and it's meaningful, and they, but they don't want to hear it because they don't want to accept any reality other than what they've built up in their head. Because if you have, if you accept real, real reality, if you accept true reality, then, you know, then you have to change your life. You have to change things. Yes, Pat? It convicts them of sin, right? It brings them to repentance, right? So, yeah. So then you have to change. I'm, I'm repenting for something I've done. I have to change. Right, but they discount that. And they're like, well, tell me something other than Bible. I don't want to hear about the Bible. Right. They, they are not interested in hearing about from the Bible. I've seen stuff where people are like, I don't care what the Bible says. So it's like, okay, that's, that's your choice. Um, okay, so we kind of talked about some of the things I was going to mention. Um <coughs> So, so here Satan was trying again to say, hey, this is an easy plan. Let's follow that instead of following God's plan. But of course, that didn't work. Um, you know, I had a thing here. Did Satan know Jesus was the son of God? Well, yes, we, I think we've talked about that. We all agree there. So do the Gospels mention all of Jesus' temptations and trials? And I mean all. Huh? Right, right. He's, he says he's been tempted as we have been tempted, but this is not all of them. Yes, Matt? And then, I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, uh, when Jesus was in the garden and praying, you know, let this cup pass from me, that whether that's a temptation or not, he, it was appealing to him that he was recognizing this is going to be horrible, and I'd rather not have that if there's a different way. Of course. So, but, so he, he used that desire properly and talk to the father about it and it was fine. Right. He talked about that in the proper way, praying to God and saying, look, if it's possible, I would rather not go through that. Now here he has a chance with Satan supposedly to skip that, but that's that doesn't really count. But in the right way, he's going to God and saying, if it's possible, I would rather not do that, but I will do whatever you want me to do. That's that's how he had that. Did you have something, Kim? Okay. All right. They were tempting him again, weren't they? If you are the Son of God, come down off the cross, right? And I think some of them said, heal yourself, and, you know, various different things. Yes. Well, and that same wording is used, as I recall, in all the different interactions with the Pharisees, you know, that they were asking this, testing him, right? Yes, so they were they, testing they were, him. Those were all trying to trip him. Yeah, the Pharisees did test him a lot, so yeah, that's true. Yes? When uh, you think about Jesus and his disciples, he knew things that they didn't know. Like he told Peter, Satan wants to sift you. Yes. And so it's almost as if Jesus had this awareness that Satan was constantly attacking or tempting, or he was at play there with all of the work that was going on between him and his 12, 
Yes. And of course, Judas, he succeeded with Judas. But um, that would have been something heavy on Jesus to deal with. Yeah, Jesus was aware that Satan wanted to tempt and draw the twelve away and all that, that they, he wanted to create issues for them, you know. And I'm, I know that he's, he's aware of that like he was aware of really everything, if you think about it and see how he knew men's hearts and things. Yes, Matt? I guess part of the lesson is that temptation is not sin, right? Right. Jesus was tempted, but he didn't sin. And that's true. That's a good point. Maybe when we have, we're, we're, led to think about something and, you know, we can feel like, oh, that's a sin. No, how, our reaction to that is how... Right. What judges what it is. Temptation itself is not a sin because we're all going to have different temptations at different times in all kinds of different ways. It's whether or not we act on those temptations. That, that if we act on it, that can make it a sin. But if we shy away from it, if we stay away from it, then, of course... The temptation itself is not a sin, just like that stray thought is not a sin. So, okay, so, and I had the same verse that uh, Pat was talking about, Hebrews 4 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in, was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So, then I had a, another question, which is kind of similar, and you may think it's a little silly, it's okay. Is this the end of Jesus' temptations and testings or trials? And no, right? We, we've really already kind of covered that in a way. If you look at, if you look at Luke chapter four, verse 13, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So what is an opportune time? Any time, Matt? Suffering in the garden. <laughs> when he's suffering in the garden, right? Any time that he has a weak moment. Any time you have a weak moment, right? Yeah. See, all these, all these are fine answers. Um, any time can be a favorable time, but especially if you're tired or weak, your guard is down. Yes. Right. He, I think, you know, Jesus went away to be alone, to spend time with the Father, to pray, to, to refresh himself, right? Because every day, every day, he was handling or dealing with all these things. And that did give him strength, yes. So, so all those, you know, we also will notice that you're always the most tired, I mean, the most tempted when you're tired, when you're upset when things maybe aren't going the best that you wish they were, you know, going, that's when, or when you're the most distracted, that's when you're going to be tempted the most. And that's just the way it works. Satan does not play fair. He's not going to wait until you're at your best and you're all shined up and ready to roll. You know, that's not it. So that's just the way that is. All right. So let's see what... All right, so that's really the end of our time here. We'll pick up with this uh, next part with the ministering angels next week. So I want to thank you for your time and your attention.